0: sisters once again it's time to focus more specifically on the person and work of our Savior Jesus Christ and of course when we think about Jesus Christ we think about how he came to be known to us Uh, how did God reveal himself to us when he is God And we are these ordinary human beings who are definitely not God. So there's a real big difference, uh, distance, chasm between God, who is a spiritual being, he is eternal, and we, who are definitely bound by time and temporal and limited in our capacity to understand understand the things of normal life, let alone of things spiritual, the very existence of God, the being of God. So God, in his mercy, has given us a bridge. He is bridging himself to us by way of his word. So we have God's revelation of himself Given to us in such a manner and method that we humans, and plus in our fallen condition, that we humans can understand God's purpose, God's will for this world and for us in particular. And so in God's word, we see the plan of God's salvation revealed from page to page from year to year, century to century, until we come to this point in history where this angel Gabriel first comes to uh, Zechariah and announces the future imminent birth, the conception of the, uh, their son, uh, John. And John becoming the forerunner who announces to the world, to Israel in particular, the birth of the long ago promised Messiah King Jesus. You've heard this so often. What's new about it? Well, the beauty of God's word is that it is fresh and new uh, every morning, the Bible tells us. God's grace is new and fresh every morning. Uh, We don't grow tired of the word of God. We have to read that again. I mean, that would be tragic. If that was your feeling about the Bible, do we have to read it? Yes, it's beautiful. There is no better book. There's no better story than when God, a holy God, tells you and me that he loves us, that he is loving us so much that he's willing to cover cover over my sins. And he does that by way of sending his own son so that my sins, which are real, And each of them are just by themselves worthy of my eternal condemnation. That God covers those sins through the sacrifice of his son, our Savior Jesus Christ. And so, yes, open the Bible every time you can. Open the Bible. Read your Bible. Don't let it collect dust on the shelf. Many people do. But pull off that Bible off the shelf. Have it on your dinner table. Have it by your bedstand. On your bedstand by your bed. Read God's word because He speaks to you. You know a lot of people uh, seem to want to have kind of inside information about the future, and they go to uh, you know people who foretell the future supposedly, and 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 they do all these crazy things, unbiblical things. But here we have God's will for us in the pages of scripture, in our own language, in German, in English, in Dutch. I grew up speaking Dutch. We had the Bible, God's revelation in my language. Wonderful thing. And so in the language of Mary, (laughs) I suppose, don't know if it was Aramaic, Aramean, that the angel spoke in those words to Mary. But she spoke, she heard the words from God directly, of course, through the angel. And so this was the announcement. And the announcement, the message is not so much about Mary, but how will God will use Mary to be the blessed instrument. The f- she's favored in that regard. She's favored, chosen, you can say, by God to have this purpose in the overall plan of redemption to bring into the world the savior of the world. I keep thinking about Mary you know, we all seem to think, as in, in our Bible commentaries and so forth, that she was about seventeen age, years old—sixteen, seventeen, eighteen—and we know that in those days people were deemed uh, marriageable. Uh, you know, you could you, people did marry at that age, but from our modern perspective, that seems rather young. <laughs> and so the angel comes to her. I mean, these are just questions that we have as a reader of the text. You say, uh, what was it like for her to have this? sudden experience because it's not normal have you seen an angel recently um, so this is un- unusual it's not that it was completely foreign to her I'm sure but what was she thinking <laughs> uh, well we know a few things that she was thinking about and that was from how can it be I'm a virgin virgins don't get babies how can this be and so the angel focuses the attention of the message on her mission. And that's f- important for us to remember, right? That, that as much as, as, as Mary is favored, the angel Gabriel zeroes in on her mission. And that is that she is the blessed mother mm-hmm. who is going to bring into the world the one spoken of long ago. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve have fallen in sin and God doesn't reject them and he doesn't condemn them at that time and moment, although they receive the curse that is on them and on the creation, but instead of God condemning them to hell at that moment, which would be right and true and just, we read in the pages of Genesis that God came at the end of the day and he said, where are you? And isn't that what God is doing with you today? He's saying, where are you? Fill in your name. I know you. I made you. And in Christ, I love you. In a saving manner. Not because I love this one over that one, and God has these own sort of subjective We don't know the the motives of God behind who is saved and who is not saved. But we know that God says to the world broadly, my Savior has come. Repent of your sins and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. This is the wonderful purpose for which Gabriel comes to Mary. Mary, you're going to be overshadowed. I mean, it's it's just amazing the language that God's Holy Spirit uses in in telling us about how it will come about. How can you explain, you know, the 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 the, the conception that she receives? Mm-hmm. So, in divine inspired wording, we see the angel Gabriel say to her, "And the Holy Spirit will overcome, overpower you. Will come over you." It ri- reminds me of the language of the first. Moments of creation when the Spirit is hovering over the creation and it's still unformed and it's all kind of chaotic and so forth. And the Holy Spirit is the the spirit of new life. And new life means ordered life. Uh, And so things are going to come together, don't they, in those days of creation as we see them unfold. And so the Holy Spirit is again present to create something new. The Holy Spirit creates a new person not by a human father, but through Mary and through her, let's say, blood. That's what some Christians have sometimes not been clear about, both the Arminians and maybe in other circles where they say, yeah, Mary was kind, Mary was kind of a, a conduit. Um, and, and so God used Mary to, as it were, pass the birth of Jesus through her and to be delivered and eventually. But the humanity of Christ is Mary's. And if it is Mary's, it's ours. And so we know that Jesus' humanity is mine, except for sin. But he is really and truly human. But the unique part is that he can be my Savior because he did not have a human father. And so the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the Holy Spirit will bring this child into your womb, and he is a king. And what is his origin? Well, he has no origin, if you will. Um, That's why in the book of Hebrews he is compared with the priesthood of Melchizedek. Um, You know, Jesus is God, and God has no beginning. But Jesus has a human beginning when he is conceived, when he is born into the world. And he is of the line of King David, Mary and Joseph both belonging to that line. And so he is foretold by the prophets. It's not a complete 100% surprise that suddenly this Messiah's birth is announced. No, go to Isaiah 7. Go to Isaiah 9 that we just read. And you can go to other pars- passages in the minor prophets as well. He was foretold by the prophets that this would be a king. Not just an ordinary child, uh, however uniquely born, but this child would be a king. And he would be given a throne, Angel says to Mary. It reminds us that The Lord Jesus did not come into this world, and he, as it were, seized upon his status. Uh, Here we have the the affinity with the language of Isaiah as Jesus the suffering servant. He comes with humility, and he receives, he will receive this unique role as the king. He didn't do it by a coup d'etat. You know, he's going to take over the world Uh, Yes, he will, and in the end of all history, he will be the judge of all nations, but he is given this role, given this function, given this status as king, and you also notice there is no contest. Uh, Jesus doesn't have to go through a contest where he has all these other qualified, maybe candidates that he has to compete with. Uh, Jesus is the king of heaven introduced into the world, and he is and the only one king of the world and so Jesus willingly has embraced this mission for him to be the savior of the world for the joy set before him That joy that was set before him was his anticipation that the fruit of his humiliation would be the the accomplishment um, of the salvation of you and me and so we have seen that Mary's child will be called a king, that he has a unique origin, that he has a unique uh, mission, and uh, that he is secondly a king who is the king over all the nations. When you read God's word, methodically, systematically, you uh, get these moments where you see that the Lord says, and my glory will cover the earth, language sort of like that. Maybe a little bit paraphrased, but but God is is having a very clear plan He has a very clear plan. He has a very clear goal, uh, much like uh, other folks, uh, fallen cre- creatures like we are. Uh, we don't always work with a to-do list. Uh, we don't always have a GPS of life you know that we type in and follow uh, uh, as we probably should some of us, uh, <laughs> but uh, God is uh, firmly in control. He knows all things, after all, and so uh, this child who will be Israel's king will at the same time be not just Israel's king, but also the king of all the nations, Gabriel says to Mary. And that is in fulfillment, again, with the predictions about God's ultimate purpose, and that is that his glory, his perfection, his holiness will be like a blanket covering the earth covering the creation, covering the nations. It will come about because that glory has been robbed, hasn't it? The glory of the Lord has been robbed by your and my sins. And so that is something that the Lord Jesus uh, is, is, is here to restore. And um, when we think about the coming of the Lord, we I've told you not so long ago that the coming of the Lord is presented in the Old Testament basically as one coming but it is in history divided over uh, various moments and so we can say very simply that the coming of the lord came with the birth of christ into this world as a child and that coming is going to be completed and fulfilled brought to its intended goal and climactic point when he comes again finishing the coming of the lord and so that is what his purpose is he is going to come in order to come again. He, he came to lay down his life as a sacrificial lamb so that one day he will come again as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he will judge all the nations because he is the king of all the nations and so we see the beautiful um, picture that opens up and progresses and widens up more and more, that God starts with a peculiar people, peculiar not in the sense of different and weird, but peculiar in the sense of chosen. God has a chosen people in the Old Testament, and the immediate uh, uh, purpose of being chosen is that they are not just chosen as an end in itself, but they are a means toward a greater goal, And so you begin to see that there's an expansion going on as we go from the pages of Genesis all the way to the birth of Christ. He's going to be the king who is not just the king of the Jews, but he's going to be the king of the Gentiles as well. And that, of course, is really the norm for today. The norm is that Jesus is the king of all the nations, but... The Lord follows his own method, doesn't he? When Jesus is speaking to the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, she she cries out to him because she has a daughter who is demon-possessed. Imagine. Imagine the, the intense suffering that this woman had. Not just a child who is sick with a physical sickness, but when it is a spiritual, demonic affliction. The child was afflicted, but the parents are too. And that woman, this Canaanite woman, this Gentile woman, this pagan woman, this unbeliever woman recognizes who Jesus is when he passes through. And she says, have mercy on me O Lord. My daughter is oppressed by a demon, she tells him. We don't have the time to go into that part, that story. But initially, Jesus ignores her completely. And she just keeps, keeps fighting. She keeps asking, have mercy. And then Jesus has this really strange, sounding to us strange, answer, I have not come. Or I have come to the house of Israel. And then she says, yeah, but you know the crumbs that fall off the table, uh, you know, um, They are for us as well. Um, And and, and so she just persists in her faith. And and then finally Jesus tells her, great is your faith. Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. These are these little incidents that we begin to see already in the Old Testament. Naaman, 2 Kings 5. And other parts, uh, Rahab as well, uh, other persons we can think of. But then also in the gospels we have these incidents where we see the glimmerings of the gentiles also being favored by the lord all through the child mary will conceive and deliver to the nations the jews first and then the gentiles but they all will come under the gospel proclamation and when that has ended the end will have come jesus says elsewhere And so the nations are favored through the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The final thing that Gabriel mentions about this kingdom is that it is unending. Everything we said last week ends in this world, doesn't it? Everything is partial. Everything is temporal. Everything is just not finite. Everything breaks down in this world. Our lives break down. Relationships can break down can also by god's grace be renewed and restored but then it is a uh, this grace that is the factor behind it but uh, left to itself things break down disintegrate the kingdoms of this world have come and gone we can mention those various worldwide kingdoms uh, but they have come and they've gone kings have come and gone When you think about the the nation of of, of the English people, uh, they have have had several uh, uh, queens who reigned for like 50 years or plus. Uh, So it can be a long time, but the time comes, as we noticed a few months ago, that Queen Elizabeth also was laid to rest. So nobody lasts forever in this world. We are going to end our lives, but the kingdom that this world needs has to be an unending kingdom. For if it's an unending kingdom, then it has the inherent power within itself to overcome this principle that just afflicts us, which is the curse on the creation. That life that was created by God has become corrupted by our sins, by the fallenness of this world. And so there has to come a new creation of which Christ himself is, uh, you could call him the forerunner. He is, in his person and in his work, the one who stands guarantee for the coming of the world without end, as he is the king of heaven, who takes on human flesh, and his reign and his rule, Gabriel says to Mary, will be unending. What a thought this must have been for young Mary, to hear that she will bear a child, who will be king, first of all, what kind of king would he be? Here we have Herod, here we have the Romans. You know, Maybe some thoughts went through her mind like that. But we know from God's word that Jesus is the, the, the king of the spiritual kingdom. That is the kingdom that is not of this world. Uh, as Jesus says in John 18, verse 36, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants, he said, would have been fighting for me that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. And so, my friends, Mary received the visit of Gabriel the angel, a message that was just filled with amazement to her when she recognized that she, a young, unmarried, betrothed woman, would be singled out set apart, dedicated unto the Lord for the mission of bringing Jesus, your Savior, into the world. I don't know if she fell asleep quickly that night. I am wondering if she wasn't just tossing and turning about these words that she had just heard, words of God to her personally. What a message. It is the message that brings us together Sunday after Sunday, week after week, day after day. I want to open your word, Jesus. I want to hear you speak to me. Because you, beyond human comprehension, came to this garbage heap of a world due to our sin and misery and brokenness. And you came to deliver it. You came to deliver us so that there will be a day that is coming when you come again and you make all things new, forever new. We long for that world, don't we? Yes, indeed. Come, Lord Jesus. Come again. Come quickly. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to humble himself so that he was even nailed to a horrible cross where his divine human blood was sacrificed to the point of death to take away our sins, to pay for them once for all. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are willing to send your son to our world so that we are men and women who have been filled with the hope of life everlasting, of seeing the day and anticipate the day with great joy, coming when Jesus returns, and we welcome him with open arms. Oh, may we be ready for that day, Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray then that the nations who have not yet heard this good news, that the nations will hear it, that you will send your messengers to declare um, this wonderful message of good news for them as well in the cross of Jesus. We pray that many will come to faith All whom you've called from before the beginning of time, they will come, and we thank you for that. And so, Lord, we pray now as we continue our worship of you, may it be pleasing in your sight, and will you apply these truths uh, to our hearts and our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name alone. Amen.